What's going on, everyone? Episode 70 of Lock Talk Live, coming to you live on a Monday. And guess what? Week one of a high, the Texas high school football season, I feel like it was, a, it was a pretty successful one. I mean, just right off the bat, you look at the, uh, the Pigskin Classic over at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, three, all three of those games, the combined score of defeat was or was five points. So between those three games, there's only a five point differential. I mean, you talk about just instant classics. I mean, you have Parish Episcopal, who I'm sure Shana will get to here in a little bit, uh, and then over in Houston, you had quite a few, I think, surprising and interesting games uh, uh, to note. But before we do all that, I like to bring in you know my co-hosts and kind of just see how they're doing uh, to start the week. So Jackson, how you doing, man? Doing good. I had a busy week covering some games. Uh, Texas high school football is back. It was really fun watching a lot of the games, uh, checking out Duncanville South Oak Cliff on ESPN this weekend. So uh, just a busy week and uh, very excited for week two. Shana, how about you? How you doing? Oh, Shana, I think you're on mute. We had the first casualty of the season. First casualty. Go ahead and check your check your. Uh, your settings there it looks like you may be on mute um, I'll say I'm doing pretty well well Shane Shane are you back with us oh try again I think I might have heard you there Shana well you try and figure that out Shana I'm gonna jump on my screen here uh, give me a little thumbs up when you think you got it figured out uh, you know, there was some great football, I mean, just across the state, like you were talking about. Uh, we'll talk about that, that South Oak Cliff and Duncanville game. I think, uh, you know, those two defenses are going to be a force to be reckoned with, it looks like, this year. Um, so with that being said, Jackson, let me, let, me, let me turn it over to you real quick. I just want to get your initial thoughts of the Texas high school football week one. What, were, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I think we saw a lot of the teams uh, that we expected expected the win win. Yes, we did have some crazy upsets, uh, some teams that we were not expecting to pull off the wins. But I, I think we saw the perennial powerhouses of Texas high school football really show out. Uh, you saw them definitely take some big, big wins this past weekend. So that was really impressive. And it was just good to see all these athletes back on the field. Uh, it's been a long couple of months on the off season, going into spring ball, going into the summer. It's just great to have everyone back in pads. It was great to go out to, to some games, see fans in the stands, uh, see the band, the cheerleaders, the dance teams, everything that's involved with Texas high school football. So uh, I was really impressed with how a lot of the games went this past week. And I was very impressed with the games I went to on Friday and on Thursday as well. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do, you, what do you make of – let's start at the game that you were at. What do you make of the Willens-North Shore game? I know there was a lot of hype around that game. And, and North Shore, I mean, I mean, you talk about setting the tone early in the season. I mean, you look at how they play, and you're like, can they be beat this year? I mean, does this say more about North Shore, or does this say more about the Woodlands? You know, I, I think North Shore just came out and they wanted it more. I think that uh, the physicality was not there from the Woodland side at the just from the jump, just from the start. Um, North Shore came out and uh, on defense put out a three and out, very first play, almost got a pick six. The Woodlands punched the ball, and then North Shore takes a shot on the first play of the game. Uh, 
Caleb Bailey overthrew him, but he wasn't overthrowing many more passes after that. Uh, their offense was just rolling. Their run game was great. Uh, I was very impressed with how their offensive line looked, uh, giving Caleb Bailey a lot of time back there. Uh, I just think overall North Shore was very uh, well coached, very well prepared for this game. They came out. They were hungry. They wanted it uh, physically. They were just better than the Woodlands was that night, and it really showed uh, – as you look at the final score, 49-21, I mean, it was just a tough game. It's kind of watching the, all with all the hype built up to it. I, I was really expecting a close game. I mean, I picked the Woodlands to win that game. So, uh, obviously, was a little wrong there. But uh, it was great to see that North Shore has rebuilt again. And I expect them to have a really good season. It, it'll be a true test, I think, when they play Tascacita down the line. But, yeah, they really just came out and uh, out, out really – I felt like the Woodlands was just outcoached and out. Uh, North Shore was just more physical. Yeah, and we've got Shayna back. Let's see if she is uh, has that audio now. Real quick, in the comments, we had Alan, Alan G said, watch some highlights. He was shocked by how uh, kind of just that Cedar Park, Cedar Ridge game. I was shocked, too. Did not expect to be Cedar Park to, to lose the way they did. Shayna, let's see, is your audio working? Is it working now? It is. It, there we go. We got you. Okay. So uh, let's go. Let's get your initial thoughts of, of week one of the Texas high school football season, Shana. I mean, I think week one was really successful in the DFW area. We didn't see too many big upsets. Uh, like you said, I was going to get to that Parish Alito game. I think that's the biggest. I wouldn't even call it an upset. Um, it was the biggest uh, fan upset for sure. Um, but I, I was excited to see Parrish really, you know, put, put the tools that they had to use that they've been working on for years. And, um, would you like me to go into detail right now about it? Go for it. Yeah. Um, I just, I, as y'all know, I was on campus at Parrish earlier this year for our media day and I was talking to some of the guys specifically, I was talking to Daniel Demery and he was saying, you know, Alita's our first game. And I was like, ooh, rough first game for you guys. And he said, no, not really. They have a lot of seniors who graduated last year. And we're really confident in what we have. And I think we can go out and really show that we have what it takes to play with some of these big-time um, UIL schools, and it, including Titletown Alito. And that's exactly what they went out there and did. And I was really – it felt like almost like a proud mom moment, right? Because, like, I know these guys at Parish, and I was like – wow, they got, they got that done. I was really excited to see that happen. And then um, another kind of upset that I saw was Crandall defeating Forney. It, it was only by three points, it was by a kick, but I thought that was a pretty big upset as far as fans are concerned because typically Forney is a little bit better than Crandall. Um, but Crandall kept their hats in the game, kept it like – score for score the entire game and it was a really great game let's turn it over i know you talked upset you mentioned the word upset so let's kind of move on to that next question here what was the upset upset of the week if you hadn't picked one game from across the state you know uh, what would be that you know game you would classify as this is probably the biggest upset of, of week one uh jackson let's go to you I'm definitely going New Braunfels uh, upsetting Denton Ryan. I mean, you, Denton Ryan hasn't lost a regular season game. I think they were 68 and one going into that game and regular season football games the past couple of years, and they lost their second game in I in 68 or in 70 games. So that's pretty crazy 
to me, I think that's the biggest upset. Den Ryan was definitely the heavy favorite there. They were up big, and then they let New Brunswick come back. So I, I think that's the biggest upset to me. Uh, of course, you did see a lot of the Den Ryan stars, uh, as in Anthony Hill, really balled out on both sides of the ball as they used him as sort of a wildcat quarterback and as a running back. Uh, but New Braunfels was able to get it done, and I think I think that, to me, was the biggest upset, along with, in my opinion, I think Parish Episcopal and Alito was also an upset because many people, from a fan's perspective and from a Texas high school fo- football perspective, think of Alito as this top team, and why would a private school beat them? So those were my two I would have to pick. Shana, let's turn it over to you now. Who was What was that one upset that you can think of from this past week? That one upset, I have to go with the Denton Ryan and New Braunfels. I I had New Braunfels pegged to have lost that game when the schedule came out. Um, but that goes to show you that you just you can't count anybody out. What last year was a crazy start to Texas high school football, and I think we're going to see a lot of the same this year. Yeah, I wonder if, if that is an upset. On my games to watch, I definitely didn't think New Braunfels was going to win that game. If you go back and read my article on, from Friday, but I was, I'm I'm pretty high on New Braunfels. I think they've been building something pretty good that uh, there, uh, you know, here in Central Texas. Um, the one concern I had, of course, was losing their quarterback from last year. Of course, he graduated, uh, and their new quarterback. He came in as a junior. I threw it. I believe it was over 300 yards. I have him as one of my players of the week that will come out tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if that one's the, the shocker, um, but it, it might be. I mean, of course, you have, uh, you know, you, you mentioned and this one really isn't an upset, but I think it's important to note, you know, Jackson, you're over here mentioning some, some stats, uh, you know, about, you know, um, um, you know, teams and losing uh, with Denton Ryan. Let me try to find my stat here. It was a stat I found. Uh, I think it was for Allen uh, losing back to back games for the first time since 2007. Trying to find, I think that uh, can't find it here. I had written it down somewhere. Can't find it, but I believe that stat is correct. Where you know last year it was losing in the home stadium for the first time, and and who knows how long this year it was losing for the you know back to back games uh, for the first time in, in quite a while. But you know what? I will I think I will go with Denton Ryan New Braunfels. I can't really think of any others at the top of my head. I'm pretty sure there's some out there, uh, but yeah, that that one. Um, yeah, uh, definitely was, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of people thought, especially the way it happened, right? They were down, I think, by way, uh, New Braunfels was at one point by, I believe, 20 or 19 it was in the second half. So uh, you got to love New Braunfels' fight there. And, man, that district's looking pretty good right now. You have Cibolo Steel right there. You have Judson right there. Both Cibolo Steel and Judson, uh, you know, they're going to – Judson's playing Westlake and Cibolo Steel playing Lake Travis. So really going to get to see how good that district is um, <laughs> this coming weekend. New Braunfels playing Seguin. So going to get a good view of that district heading in this week. Let's move on to another question for you guys. Um, do we need to uh, uh, un- overreact to some of these scores, right? So you think – Allen, you know, losing uh, t- the way they did to a, a a team outside, a private school outside of outside of the state of Texas, for what it's worth. Um, you know, you have the Woodlands losing the way they did to North Shore. You have a couple of, I mean, there were a lot of teams that you look at the score and you'd be like, they, they, they lost by that, and that game was over in the first quarter. Is it is it is there a need to overreact for, for this? Shana, let's come to you. I definitely don't think so. Um, we saw this last year with, multiple teams in DFW area. I think it it all comes down to they're getting right back on track. It's surprising that Allen lost in the fashion that they lost in, 
but I don't think we need to overthink it too much too yet. Now, if they come out next week and they lose again, then we're going to have to start saying, hey, what's going on with Allen? I don't think we have to quite yet. And I believe it is C.E. King, is it not, that they're playing this, this upcoming week? And C.E. King had a very impressive victory. If, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's who Allen's playing next. Um, but a very impressive victory for C.E. King. Jackson, oh, do we need to overreact right now? Uh, one of the scores I'm going to overreact to is uh, Denton Geyer putting a beat down on Rockwell Heath. I think you really saw how good Jackson Arnold is. Um, I think that Denton Geyer is going to be on another run uh, this year with a new head coach. I think they're going to really run through the playoffs. And I, I think they have a really good shot at making that state championship a game again. Uh, that's one score that I was looking at it and I was seeing the highlights all over Twitter while at the North Shore Woodlands game. And I was very impressed with how Jackson Arnold looked and Den Geyer after seeing Rockwell Heath had had a pretty good season last year. So uh, that was one score I would have overreacted to, and I believe the overreaction is valid. Uh, one that I feel like a lot of people will overreact to, and if you look at the score, is Ridgepoint-Westlake. Uh, if you actually were paying attention and keeping track of the game, the game was tight up until the third quarter. It was 14-14. Ridgepoint was hanging in there with the defending three-time state champs. Uh, of course, Westlake did Westlake things in the late, in the second second half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter and kind of blew the game open for themselves. But uh, th- that's not to say this Ridgepoint team has something. And, and to be able to stick it with them and have a tie game going uh, midway through the third quarter, uh, I think that really shows something from them. Uh, I feel like there is a little bit of worry with the Woodlands North Shore score. Uh, for the Woodlands, you have all this talent that has transferred in. Um, not having that talent perform well in that first game, yes, that's a little concerning. But once you get into district play and uh, get into the games that really matter, I feel like it's gonna things will start to pick up. So yeah. Now, will they be going D one or D two if they make the playoffs? Do you know that at the top of your head, Jackson? Because if they're going D one, then that's a little bit of a worry, right? Because then they'll have to play North Shore again. But if they're going D two, hey, maybe maybe pump the brakes, right? So I'm not too sure, Jackson. You may know that. Um, and, and so, you might look at. Go ahead. The Woodlands will go D1, but they are Region 2. Region 2 plays uh, the Duncanville and DeSoto bracket of the playoffs, so they would not have to meet North Shore again until the state championship game if things played out. Alan G says Hallettsville holding Shiner seven points. It was a little surprising, uh, Alan, but you have to remember Hallettsville is a three A school. Shiner is a two A. I think it was. Uh, I think they're you know so they're. I think Shiner jumped up two kind of classifications because they not only go to three A, but you know they they jumped ahead quite a bit to play Hallettsville. So I'm not panicking panicking on Shiner's loss just yet. Uh, in fact, in my rankings, uh, they were number one for the one A because I do rankings a little different. I don't do one A, two A, three A, four A. I do one A through four A. They were number one. Now they're number five. You know, simply because of the fact that they are 0-1. Um, but again, they did play some stiffer competition at a higher level. Yeah, you know, I think overreacting, you know, some people are overreacting, for instance, to Lake Travis losing Arlington Martin. Well, one, they had Bo Edmondson out. He didn't play. Their defense giving up a little points is, is a little bit something where you might want to pay attention to. And, and hey, the, the game against um, uh, Steele this week will be a, a telling sign about where the, this, uh, the, this team stands. Um, you know, Westlake, you know, you can say, oh, well, hey, that's a little, you know, I think I think once they got settled, I think, this, I think it's gonna, they're going to rely on their defense this year. You know, last year it was kind of on the back of the offense, and I think this year they're going to rely on that defense. And that defense can stand pat, which they did, right? They gave up those 14 points. 
And then I think it was a 30-something, 37-0 run, I believe, for the rest of the game. Um, so they're going to rely on that defense. It's going to be, you know, to, to, to get the, the other opposing offense off the field while the Westlake offense finds a groove. That's what happened against Ridge Point. Yeah, man. Yeah, Jackson, what you got? Yeah, one more game I want to bring up uh, that I feel like uh, looking at the score, the overreaction is valid. Shadow Creek versus Manville. Uh, was very impressed with how Shadow Creek looked. I think they're going to be a team that's going to be sneaky good in the Houston area this year. Uh, they've got their returning quarterback, Duke Butler Jr. They've got really high four-star wide receiver, Ja'Cory Watson, who really balled out, was a playmaker all over the field. Took the opening kickoff back 99 yards for a touchdown, gets called back on a hold. Uh, but really exciting way to start the game. And that was a big uh, game for that community. And Shadow Creek just really stomped them and uh, came out and really just took over the game defensively. I feel like that's a team that really Houston uh, fans should really keep an eye out for. I think that they're going to make a nice little run here uh, in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I was all set to use that one for my for one of the plays of the week. And then you go up and hold. I'm glad you didn't stop recording, Jackson, because right at the end I hear flag. I'm like, well, I can't use it now. Thank, you know, So thank you for at least getting that last snippet. Or otherwise I would have put a play of the week as one that doesn't exist in the official stats. So I want to another question now. Um, what in teams impressed you the most? I think hands down, I'm just going to say a North Shore impressed, right? Because I think, I think a lot of people, a lot of us thought they were going to win. I didn't think they were going to win like that. That game was over after the first quarter. What other, and you can say North Shore as well, but what teams impressed you, uh, Jackson? Who you got? Yeah, I'm going Shadow Creek really impressed me. Uh, just being at the game, seeing how, what they got, I uh, was really impressed with them. I was really impressed with how North Shore played. Also really impressed with Willis. Now, no one's really talking about Willis right now because they played Rudder, but DJ Lagway threw for almost 400 yards and six touchdowns in the first half had 100 yards rushing and one touchdown. Trent Miller, new head coach from spring, has got him rolling on that offense. I think Willis is going to be sneaky good this year. Uh, you're going to see crazy numbers put up by the number one dual threat quarterback in the country. I uh, was really impressed with what I saw from them. Also really impressed from what I saw from Stratford. They went in and took on a Tomball team that, yes, had a lot of seniors graduate, but a really good Tomball team. And they went out there and uh, beat them pretty good at on their home turf. I uh, really liked what I saw from Hawkins Polly and quarterback Nash Rankin. Uh, I'm expecting them to have a pretty good year again this year, returning a lot of key players from last year's team. Shay, I'll turn it over to you now. What teams impressed you? I was Hey Shane, I think your your AirPods might be dying or something. You're you're a little uh, um, chopping in and out there. Can you try one more time for me? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So it looks like your AirPods might be dying now. That's okay. Let me tell you about the teams that impressed me. Maybe you turn off your your AirPods and see if if that might work. Have a little technical difficulties, that, but hey, that that happens on. on on some week, you know, some week kind of two type stuff. One team that impressed me was Dripping Springs. They defeated Vandergriff 23-20, last second field goal. Uh, Austin Novosad, who we know has had just a tremendous summer, um, and, you know, his kind of just whole trajectory has skyrocketed. Not that he wasn't nobody to begin with, right? He came into the summer, committed to Baylor. Uh, but, man, it was just great. Uh, and now you kind of have to wonder if things kind of – Kind of, we'll see how they kind of go. They're gonna, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get a glimpse of them early. They, they face Bowie, I think, week th four. Week four, they face Bowie. 
Uh, that's going to be the first key test. You know, Alan G in the chat says, you know, Austin Bowie, you know, they, they you know, didn't think they would beat, um, um, uh, they, they wouldn't beat Vista Ridge. Now a good week two matchup, which I'll think I'm going to be at. I think I'm going to be at uh, uh, Cedar Ridge and Bowie in week two. Uh, but man, Dripping Springs might, you know, they, could they take, could they take first in district? Could they take second? Ooh, I don't know. It's possible. I, I write about it in my uh, five, you know, five questions. So check out that article on Vibe.com. Shane, let's turn it over to you now. Let's see if the audio is better. Okay, is it better now? That is great. It sounds great. Go ahead. What games, okay, what teams um, impressed you? So I was really impressed by uh, Crandall. Going up against a team like Forney, who you already have a pretty big rivalry with, is pretty big. But what I think impressed me the most is a lot of talk around Crandall right now is about OU commit Samuel Omisigo. He went down. He got hit hard. Some some guys around the area, they could kind of like go after getting Sammy. Um, but he went down, he went back into the locker room, came out with the sling, didn't play the rest of the game. And Crandall still showed that, you know, we're not just one guy. We're, we're 11 guys on the field at any given play. Um, so they really went out there and showed against a team like Forney that, hey, we're, we're in this for the long run. Um, the other team that really impressed me was McKinney North under a new head football coach. They went out there, they grabbed the win. They grabbed the first win for McKinney ISD football, totally. Um, we saw a lot of good guys graduate last year, and you're seeing the the impact of summer workouts. You're seeing the impact of um, really working with your guys that are upcoming. With, with Heath, what we saw with Denton Geyer is the question was, who's going to be the quarterback this year? And I had this talk this weekend, it should – why why let that be a question? Why not just start saying, hey, this is our quarterback and we're training him? Um, but I think we saw the wheels fall off for Heath with, as far as that's concerned. So seeing a team like McKinney North, who kind of is in the same boat as Rockwall Heath, um, come out there under a new head coach and really show out, that really impressed me. And yes, Alan, it is uh, Bowie. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, just uh, working a lot of stuff, and and you know, it's easy to say Bowie instead of Bowie. So it is uh, Austin <laughs> Bowie. You know, I think I think we have to say it. I, I think a lot of people thought South Oak Cliff was going to repeat this year. I think a lot of people are going to still say that after this weekend. Uh, you know, South Oak Cliff really impressed me. I mean, I think I think a lot of the question was how is their quarterback situation? Cause I think that's, that's the key really missing piece heading into the season. I think they also have a new offensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. So that's really going to be what they're going to be focused on leading up into district and in the playoffs. Uh, but man, I mean, holding Duncanville the way they did on defense. And, you know, I think they did a pretty, like I said, a pretty good job moving the ball against, uh, you know, a six, a power in, in Duncanville. We um, really impressed me. I, I, I think a lot of people went into that game picking Duncanville with good reason, but I think a lot of people, just as many people came out impressed with how South Oak Cliff performed. Uh, you know, I mean, they had a chance up until the, up until the end, really. Uh, any other teams that impressed you before we move on to our next question? If I see any hand raises, we got we got anybody? Nope. All right, let's move on to our next question then. For teams that lost, right? Some some teams are, are half the teams in Texas high school football zero and one this week, right? What's a, what, what's one message that you know they need to hear going into week two? Uh, Shana, let's turn it over to you. If, if you could tell teams that lost one message, what would that be? You know, I really just think the message would be, you're not out. 
Um, and week ones, week ones can go one of two ways. Obviously, you win or you lose. And it all comes down to preseason games are they're tough in many ways. You haven't played all summer. You've played against your own team and scrimmages and stuff. You're you're not out yet. Uh, keep working hard. Keep keep giving it all you got because really that's what it comes down to is you you play week by week. You don't play a whole season long each week. You play one week by one week. Jackson, let's turn it over to you now. What's one message you give to those teams? Yeah, I think the most important thing is you, you're not out of the playoffs. There's, it's, it's the first game of the season. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be things that you're definitely going to need to go back and go fix. But that's what the first game is normally for. Uh, for games where you get blown out and stuff, you you take things from that and you move on to the, to the next game. You can't keep thinking about it. I think it's important for the players to realize, like, this is only game one. There's a potential of 17 games in a season, if not 10 more games in a regular season. Uh, you just got to focus on the rest that, especially going into district play and just take what you to, take what you can from game one and move forward from that. I think that's the most important thing is just realizing it's not over. It is game one. Of course, everyone wants to win it, but someone has to lose and uh, you just got to move on from it. Hey, at the end of the day, you can be undefeated, and that's great. But, hey, if you're hosting that, hoisting that trophy up uh, at the end of the season and you have three or four losses, no one's going to be complaining on that team, let me tell you. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I said this last week, hey, the only games that matter for making playoffs are district, right? So, we, you know, win those district games. This is the, that time where, you know, you figure some things out. And so if you're one of those teams, that's what you tell them. It's like, hey, we're figuring our stuff out. You know, we, you know, hey, maybe you had a lot of mental mistakes. You're working on that. It's all about something. Alan G in the comments again. Hey, he, thanks for thanks for uh, joining in on this chat today, Alan. Really appreciate that. You know, he says it's a glorified scrimmage, right? The most important improvements from week two, week one, to week two, which is which is exactly which is exactly exactly that. By week two, heading into week three, you should you know start, start finding that solid footing. You know, especially for a lot of schools, you're starting a district weeks three, four, and on. So, you know, um, you know, unless you have a small district like uh, there's, uh, was it 26 uh, or 27, 6, I believe it is, uh, where they only have six teams, you're starting your district in weeks three and four. So, uh, you know, hey, it's not over by a long shot, you know. Uh, hey, Scotty T in the chat, former employee of Vibe, tuning in. Appreciate you. To, appreciate you tuning in, even though you're not with us anymore. You're still with us. I like that. All right, last question for you guys today. Uh, so we talk about the message you send to the team. You know, if you're if you're someone that is on a team that lost, what about for a team that went that won? What's what's the uh, what's the uh, what's the message you send to those teams, uh, Jackson? Well, I think it's some things that are similar from uh, losing the game. You take it as a building block. You got to move on to from it. Take the good things, but also work on the bad things because. Not every game is – no game is perfect. There's always things to work on. There's always mistakes that have been made that you can learn from and uh, work towards getting better. Uh, I think you take it as a building block. You definitely use it as momentum going into the rest of the season. Um, but I think you, you've you just got to take it one game at a time. Realize that no one's perfect. You're never going to play a perfect game. So take what you can from the last game and build upon it up until uh, the next week. Shane, I'll turn it over to you now. What's that message you send to the team? 
You know, uh, I think it's really easy to get caught up in wins and to get caught up in, you know, really good wins and thinking, oh, we're taking it all the way this year. We see it in pro sports. We see it in college sports, and we definitely see it in high school sports. So I think the biggest thing to remember here is, you know, these wins aren't set in stone until the game is over. And same thing with season-long schedule. You, you, you haven't won until you've won. So like Jackson said, it, you learn something from every game, win or loss. Take what you've learned, pick one thing that you want to grow on and work on it throughout that week because these teams have seen you play. They've seen your film now. They see what you have this season, and they're, they're coming for that, for that win next week. Yeah, and use that momentum as well, right? I mean, it, you, like, like I mentioned the Pigskin Classic in San Antonio, but it's a perfect example. You had three teams that won in highly contested games. Use that momentum. I mean, you, you look at Steele going to play Lake Travis. You look at Judson going to play Westlake. Use that momentum against those teams. You're going to need it. And on the flip side, you know, late, we talk about losing Lake Travis. Hey, you didn't play with your starting quarterback. So if he's healthy and ready to roll, I think you feel pretty confident because you did play Arlington Martin close. Uh, I got a question from Scotty T here. You know, that was our last question, but I, I never passed up a chance to, to you know, involve Scotty T in this. Does Katie Jordan have a chance to win their district, Jackson? I mean, that's a, that's a bold statement right there. They had a very convincing win, you know. Uh, you know but what do you think, Jackson? I, I think there's always a chance. Um, what I will say is uh, what I really liked what I saw in Katie Jordan. I was very concerned with, with Peyto is the offense for Peyto did not look very good in week one. Of course, there's things to work on, but they played three different quarterbacks, only scored 14 points against a Conroe team who finished fourth in, in the Conroe ISD district last year. I, I, I think there is a chance that Jordan could make a good little run in district. Uh, there's always a chance for them to take first, but I would love to see that game against Katie as Katie has always been top dog there. Uh, so very interested, interested to see how they do in that Katie IC district. It's going to be a very interesting district indeed. Um, and Scott, we did talk about Allen a little earlier. I think we're not too nervous about them yet. They're, I mean, we'll see how they do this week. I, like I said, I believe they're playing C.E. King, if I'm not mistaken. I think that game's going to tell us a lot more, uh, you know, than them playing, uh, you know, Bosco, because of course, you know, private school versus uh, versus everything else. So, um, hey, you know, I think that's going to do our first show today. I like to always close my show, um, uh, you know, with uh, with some shout outs. So, Jackson, who are you shouting out today? Yeah, I'm going to shout out Scott because he's on here right now. I uh, miss you, man. Uh, it's been, it was a lot of fun working with you. Hope you're doing good at your new job and everything. Uh, also going to shout out everyone who went out to games this weekend from the Vipe crew. I uh, got a lot of awesome content, got a lot of awesome game coverage throughout the weekend. And I know it's busy. I know it's long hours, but it's a lot of fun. Um, also want to shout out you and Shana here. We had a great show and uh, just excited for the week two of uh, Texas High School football. Shana, who are you shouting out today? You know, my DFW crew, they've been absolutely amazing throughout last season, the summer, and this upcoming season. They're already working hard and getting the job done. Uh, so big shout out to them. Uh, obviously, Scotty T, hey, how you doing? Hope things are great. Um, and then, you know, fans, fans and parents and everybody that filled those stadiums. I saw pictures of packed stadiums back at week one. And, you know, we, we had seasons where um, we couldn't have very many fans. So to see them full again, to, to experience the band and the cheering and 
the way Texas high school football is supposed to be, big shout out to everybody, like Jackson said, who went out and showed up to games and cheered on their loved ones and just their city. And I am going to shout out um, not only Scott, but Alan for jumping in the chat and, uh, you know, asking some questions that we got to answer. Um, so, hey, you know, got to got to love the, the you know, the, the interaction right there. And shout out to all the all, all the Texas high school football teams putting on some good, good matchups. Can't wait for week two. We'll talk about week two uh, on Thursday for our preview show. Three o'clock. Don't want to miss that tomorrow. St. Pius X coaches corner with Coach Cranfield at three o'clock with uh, Josh Cook. We'll be here at three o'clock again. And then on uh, Wednesday, we'll, we'll hopefully have our first episode of Coach's Corner. It's going to do it for our show today, everyone. I mean, hey, it's here. And I, I, I can't, I'm so excited that football is here. Uh, so until tomorrow, until our St. Pius Coach's Corner show, I'm Wack. That's Jackson and Shayna. We'll see you at the games.